0: But hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode here at the home recording made easy.com podcast. I'm your humble host, Uncle Dave, David Vignola, and this is season three, episode number six. And this time out, we're going to do what we do every third episode, and that's where I'm going to answer your questions. So we have four questions that came in. From our subscribers. I'm going to answer those today for you. If you would like one of your questions answered in an upcoming episode, be sure to send an email to info at recordingmadeeasy.com. and I'll be sure to make sure your question gets added in one of our future episodes. So make sure you like, share, subscribe, or give me the thumbs up if you're watching this on YouTube. Now let's sit back and let's enjoy some of these subscriber questions and let me see if I can help you. Can Uncle Dave help some of these subscribers? We're going to find out right here on the com podcast. Well, well, welcome back to another episode here at the home recording made easy.com podcast. As I said, this is season three, episode number six. And this time out, we're going to answer some of your questions because I get questions every single day <laughs> between YouTube, Facebook, and uh, email. Questions come in every single day, and I've been cataloging all those questions. I try to give you a quick response and email if at all possible, but sometimes it's just not possible to answer because some of the stuff takes a lot of detail and you ask pretty involved questions. So I'm going to try to answer some of those things here. Uh, however, a couple of things to take note. Number one, if you want one of your questions answered in an upcoming episode, be sure to send me an email, info at home recording madeeasy.com, or you can leave... A question down here in the comment section, if you're watching this on YouTube, and I'll be sure to get your question uh, in one of our future episodes. The other thing I want to make sure that you um, know about, if you don't know already, if you really need to get to Uncle Dave quickly and you'd like to have some private one-on-one Skype and or Zoom training. I do do that for students. So if you're having some issues in your home studio and just going back and forth in comment sections or going back and forth with email, doesn't help. And you want to have face-to-face time with me, make sure you check out the services page on the website at recordingmadeeasy.com. All the information is there. And if you want to book a private session with me and I can help you through all your problems... Go ahead and check that out today. So again, we are on YouTube now. We are on Spotify and Apple Music. If you like what you hear in this podcast go ahead and give me a five-star review. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can always now click the thanks button, which is right above or right below my video here, right next to the thumbs up, thumbs down, because you only want to give Uncle Dave's thumbs up. If you hit the thanks button, that's something new here on YouTube, where it lets you, the viewers, support what I do here at Home Recording Made Easy and support the channel. And any kind of thanks donation that you can give is greatly appreciated greatly appreciated. And a lot of you have already done that. And I wanna say personally, thank you. And when uh when you do that, it really does help and I do appreciate it. So let's jump on in to this month's question. So question number one comes from, uh, I'm gonna screw this name up, Peter Eskar from Denmark. He says, hello, I've worked in Studio One Artist on a PC for a half a year. Now I'd like to be able to buy a Mac Mini M1 I have two questions. Okay, let's go. Is eight gigabytes uh, of RAM fast enough to run Studio One Pro or do I need to choose a more expensive 16 gig version? And then number two, should I choose the numeric keypad? I would prefer to have the basic model because of the size. Thank you very much for all the informative videos. Well, thank you so much, Peter, for writing in. So question number one, is eight gigabytes enough to run Studio One Pro? Technically it is. But what I would tell you is you may wanna go check out uh, two episodes ago where we did, I did on this podcast, a full episode on computer specs and what you want as far as computer specs. And I would suggest that you wanna have a minimum of 16 gigs of RAM, okay? If you're gonna buy a Mac M1 mini, you're gonna have plenty of processing power, no problem, but it really depends on what you're gonna be doing in your studio, what kind of work are you gonna be doing, doing, how big are your sessions? Are you gonna be doing any kind of video work or video recording or YouTube videos? There's a whole bunch of things around that eight gigs, even though it's technically enough, I say it's not enough. 16 gigs is really what you need. Now, some people will argue with that. And can you get by and do very, very, very basic audio tasks with very few plugins and very few VST instruments with eight gigs? Yes, you can technically do it, but I can tell you that if you're buying a Mac mini M1, you cannot upgrade that memory yourself in the future. So when you find out that eight gigs is not enough and you wanna upgrade it, you cannot, like you can on a PC, because you're going from PC, it sounds like, to the Mac ecosystem, you need to buy the memory at time of purchase because it's soldered onto the motherboard, okay? So, eight gigs, not enough, go with 16. If you can afford to go with 32, go with 32. (laughs) Then you'll have a computer that'll last you at least five years. So that's question number one. And then question number two, you ask about the keyboard. That's interesting. Do I want one with, do you want, should you get the one with a numeric key, the numeric keyboard? I assume you mean with the numeric keypad on the far right-hand side, the full-length keyboard, or do you want the smaller one that usually, Apple makes a small one where there's no numeric keypad on the right-hand side? Smaller, easier, you know, less desk space. Um, It really depends, to be honest. I like the number keypad because I use it all the time. However, you don't need that. Anyone will work. It really depends on how often you use that numeric keypad. I personally use mine all the time. So I would prefer to have that. And I do with the one on my desk here, which you can't see it's out of frame. So I would say go with the full size one, but either one will work. It's not going to change the way you make music in your studio. It's just really about workflow and, you know, desk space. You can always, uh you know, buy one. You can always get two of them. Keyboards are relatively cheap today and you could try them out and see which one you like. And the other one you can donate or give to someone or send it back or whatever. So thank you very much, Peter, for writing in. I do appreciate it. Hopefully that answered your question. Okay. Next question comes from Juan. Juan writes in, I need some advice, my friends. I will be acoustically treating my room this year and I'm looking to add a pair of monitors to my setup. I love mixing on my Sennheiser HD 600s headphones, and I feel comfortable doing so, but I also want to be able to experience mixing on a pair of monitors. I am looking at the Focal Alpha series, the Shape series, and maybe even something in the Solo series if I can swing it. My question is particularly, which size is realistic for my needs? I have a 12 foot by 13 foot room dedicated to to my studio. While doing online research, I kept reading that the four inch speaker may be too small and an eight inch may be too big. Five to six and a half are what seems to be a good size for my room. I would appreciate any advice you can give. Thanks, Juan. Well, thanks, Juan, for writing in. Juan is a longtime student. appreciate the question. And I did answer this in email to Juan, but I'm going to answer it here too. So if anyone else has has that question in the future, uh, you'll know what the answer is. So a 12 by 13 room, I would say, yes, an eight inch woofer and a pair of speakers, regardless of speakers, probably gonna be a little bit too much. Um, again, you're gonna acoustically, acoustically treat your room and that's super, super important in any room, but especially with a smaller size room. Um, so I would say eight inches might be a little too big. Five to six and a half is probably the sweet spot to be completely honest. Um, I'm in a much bigger room here. And when I mix on my mixing setup over on my console, I have Focal's as well. Love Focal's. I have the Solo Twin Series, which have two five and a half inch woofers in a tweeter. Um, but I use the Solo sixes for a long time, which has a five and a half inch woofer in that in a room this size. And it was plenty. So eight inches is probably a little too big for a room that size. It's not that you can't do it, but I would probably suggest that you don't go with a smaller size uh, woofer. Um, Four might be a little small, I would agree. I'd say five to six and a half. And depending on the music that you're mixing, you could add a subwoofer as well. But as we've talked about before, with subwoofers on this channel, you really gotta have your acoustic treatment dialed in and have the placement right to make that worth it. Um, And so if you have any questions about subwoofers, uh, you know, do that afterwards. Get yourself the monitors, get them in the room, get things treated, get used to mixing on monitors as opposed to your Sennheiser headphones. And then let's see where your low end is. And if you need to have a subwoofer at one point, you probably won't. If you get Focal's, man, unless you're really mixing really base heavy material, you may not need a subwoofer. You may not, but any one of those Focal series will be really, really good as they step up in price. You're going to get better quality. Um, And so you just have to keep all that in mind. But I would say you're on the right track, Juan. I would say five to six and a half is probably the sweet spot for a room that size. But as we talked about, make sure, make sure you get that acoustic treatment really, really dialed in. Don't skimp on the acoustic treatment. Don't skimp on the acoustic treatment. Make sure you do it right. Make sure you do it properly. You know where all it's supposed to go. And like I said, I can always help if you send me in an email, or if you're not really sure where to place your acoustic treatment, you can work with companies like Oralex, and there's others, where you can send them a sketch of your room and tell them where everything is located. And they can give you, based on your sketch, will give you a free analysis a lot of these companies to go ahead and show you, well, where should you place your acoustic treatment? What kind of acoustic treatment do you need, bass trapping and otherwise? And that might be a good uh, resource for you. Takes a little bit of time on your ends to get the room sketched out and get them the information. However, you'll get some good feedback, and usually that stuff is free of charge. So, Juan, thank you so much for writing in. I hope that helps you keep me uh, up to date on what you end up doing with speakers. I'd be interested to know. Okay, pardon me. Next question comes. Let's see. Who's this from? This is from Ben. No last name. Okay, Ben. All right. The question is, hey, Dave, I bet you get this every day. Well, let's see. Let's find out. So, what can a home engineer make? Currently, my day job in the medical software sales runs me about 180 to 220,000 a year. Hmm, 300,000 on an awesome year. That's pretty awesome. Good for you, man. Congratulations. My passion and love is really mixing and recording, but I want to be realistic about potential income and if I try to go try to make a go with this. I also understand that building a business takes time and per hour I know there are folks that charge $50 an hour or two to $500 an hour. Maybe it's the skills and the recognition. Or just tell me to keep my day job if I'm unrealistic based on the current market and technology. From what I've seen, the tech is there, but the knowledge and skill is what separates uh, the few to make a living worthwhile. Well... Wow. That's a great question. I I don't get that. Ki- I get a question about, hey, how do I make money working in the music business? I don't get a question that's this specific. So let's try to break this down. So at the end of your question, you, you made a very good point where it's the skill that separates the few from making a real living at mixing. If you're talking about mixing, you're, it looks like you're talking about Mixing and recording. So I don't know if you're talking about opening up a recording studio, or if you're just talk about, talking about mix, making mixing music. However, regardless, it could be either or or both. Um, it really is skill and recognition. So you have a job that currently makes 180 to 220 thousand a year, and on a good year, you make 300 k over a quarter of a million dollars a year. Awesome, congratulations! It's probably taking you a lifetime of hard work to get to that part in your career, and I congratulate you. So I. It looks like your question is, can I make that kind of money mixing and recording for clients? And how realistic is that? Okay. So I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to, first I want to say to you, nothing is impossible, right? Nothing is impossible. Can you make that kind of money? You can eventually make that kind of money. It really depends on a couple of things. A, how hard are you willing to work? B, how long are you willing to work? See what is your skill set. Where are you with your skills, and how hard are you willing to work to get to the top of your game? Because you said it at the end of your question. That's really what separates the feud. Who can actually make a living at this? You have to have a skill set. Um, you have to have, for lack of a better word, a name or somewhat of a reputation, and you have to have been doing this a while. Um, nobody jumps into this cold right out of the gate and starts making one hundred eighty thousand bucks a year that the chances of that happening are almost none. Um, however, I don't want that to discourage you. What I would say to you is a couple of things. One, and I tell everybody that ask me these sorts of questions, regardless of the amount of money we're talking about, you don't want to, you don't want to just quit your day job and start this full time with no history, no clients, no prospects, no reputation, Only experience that maybe you currently have is working on your own music and maybe some local friends or something, even if you're really great at what you do, nobody knows you and it's a big world out there and it takes time. You have to build a whole brand and a whole business before people are going to be willing to trust you to pay you any money, especially if you're talking about that kind of money over the course of, let's say a year of working in a studio. So I would say you want to do this part time. Okay. And um, if you're willing to do this part time and start building yourself a brand, building yourself a a, a a side business, a side hustle, well, what does that mean? Well, if you're going to start, let's say, let's just talk about mixing because that's probably because mixing you can reach more people because it's worldwide recording. It's going to be it's going to be isolated to your surrounding area for where you live or wherever your studio is going to be. Mixing you probably have m- a much better chance because you have the whole world open to you, right, with the internet and such. So I would say first thing you need is you gotta have a website, right, obvious. You gotta have a website with, a, at the very least, some information about yourself and a portfolio of some sound examples of what someone can expect if they hire you to do their music. Um, and assuming that that's all really top-notch and really, really good stuff, now you have to network. You have to be involved in the social media avenues. You should probably have a YouTube channel. You should probably have a Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, applesauce, whatever the new social media thing is, you're going to need to be involved in that. And why do you need to be involved in that? Because people need to know who you are. One of the only reasons outside of the fact that I enjoy teaching and helping people here on YouTube for good old Uncle Dave here is Dave's been on on YouTube for almost 11 years now. How do you think I built my brand? How do people know who I am? It's because I spent 11 years almost making eight, 900 videos here at Home Recording Made Easy, so people like you know who I am. And when people start to know who you are and they check out your website and check out your, your portfolio, if it's good, they're going to be contacting you possibly to, to maybe work, let's say, mix their music. And that's very a very real possibility. Can you make some money if you're halfway decent? Of course you can make some money. Can you make $180,000 a year? Not right away. That would be unrealistic to tell anyone that they can do that. However, I would never say that you can never make that kind of income at one point in your life. You certainly can. Can you make multiple six figures? Working for people and mixing music for a living? Sure, you can. Can you do it? You quit your job today and start tomorrow? Of course not. Right? And you said that. You know it takes time. How much time really depends on you and how much time you're willing to put into the craft and put into a side business. Because if you're working full time, making that kind of money, you may not have a lot of spare time. Assuming you may have a family and children and life responsibilities, um, it's a lot of hard work. Um, it took me about i it took me about seven years of working my businesses part time while I was working a full time job to be able to get to the point where I could do this for a living full time and i do way more than just mix music. That's only one thing of what I personally do, right? Home recording made easy, mixing made easy.net. There's a whole bunch of things I do. If some people don't know what I'm talking about, look at the description box below or the show notes, and you'll see all the links of everything that I'm involved in. But if you were gonna focus on just mixing as a mixing engineer or just a recording engineer, you could over time make that kind of money, but you know, you would be one of the top percentage of people that actually get to that level not because you don't have the skill or you won't acquire the skill. The thing that I see most with students that ask me these kinds of questions, the reason why they don't ever get to even make in the first $50, forget a hundred thousand is because they're not willing to put the time in that it takes to build up your credits, your reputation, your networking and all of that to make any money. Most people that are working a full-time job, they, they get real excited passionate and motivated for about three or four weeks and they work really hard and I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do that and I'm gonna make videos and I'm gonna do and then they don't do anything and that's and then they say well I got a full-time job I don't have time I got a family understood so um I know I'm, we're going a little bit beyond your direct question your direct question is can you make 300 two hundred thousand bucks a year 150 thousand bucks a year not right away not likely probably not Um, can you make that eventually, if you focus on a discipline, again, let's just use mixing. For example, if you focus on, I'm just going to be a mixing engineer. This is what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to get the right training, the right setup in my studio, the right gear, all the things I need, the right website. And I'm going to mix, 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 mix. And then when you think you've mixed enough, you're going to mix, 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 mix some more to get good enough to where you're going to get people to pay you money. Because if you want to make 180 grand a year, fifty dollars an hour ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> you're gonna need to make more than that, and in order to make more than that, you have to be really good at what you do. And then over time, if you do a couple of projects and you develop some relationships and you network and you put the time in, can you eventually phase to where you can make 150,000 or 200,000 bucks a year and maybe fade out of your full-time job and maybe you're getting towards your retirement years and you want to eventually spend your time doing that? Yes, you can but it's a lot of hard work. It is an enormous amount of hard work. And most people won't do what it takes to be able to do that. I'm not suggesting that you won't do what it takes. Maybe you will. But if you're looking for, hey, can I, uh, can I just jump into this and within six months make 100 grand a year? The answer is probably not. So I would not suggest you quit your job and jump into this full time. I would suggest that you start on the side, work as hard as you need to work, see if this is even really for you, and then decide if you can slowly start making some money just to reinvest into your business and slowly start to phase out of your real job into your more music job. But it is a job, it's an enormous amount of work and it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. Okay, so that is the honest answer. I don't want to say, oh, there's you know no way you're going to make that kind of money and discourage you because that's not right. You know, people may think it's crazy that you'd be asking a question like this. I don't think it's crazy at all. You know, every single thing that I've ever done online with my businesses, people told me I was absolutely out of my mind and said a lot of, you know, really discouraging things to me along the way. And I think one of our questions coming up is something to do with that in social media. Um, And so if I listened to everyone tell me what can't be done, I never would have done anything. And here's another little tip I'll leave with you and with everybody else. When someone tells you that something can't be done or there's no way you're gonna make that happen, the reason why they say that is because they probably failed at it themselves or they don't they didn't have the they didn't have it in them to even try. And because they were a failure, they want to make sure that everybody around them is a failure. And I try not to surround myself with people like that. And I would suggest you don't do that either. You seem like you're a pretty accomplished person. If you're making $20,0, dollars a year in your regular job, you didn't do that by accident. You did that by hard work and by getting things done and not listening to all the people who told you what couldn't be done. So if anybody, if you could be successful and you're in a regular career and get to that level in your life, that's a lot of money for somebody. Could you do it in a, in a side business, in the music business? You certainly can, but it's going to take a lot of hard work. So anyway, I hope that answers your questions. I know I went off on a little bit of tangent. Good luck. And if you have any other questions for me, I wish you luck. Um, but that's a great question. Okay. Last question comes from Jason. And this one has, uh, if we're talking about, uh, <laughs> talking about who, what, who told you what couldn't be done. Here's some, uh, here's a question that, that, uh, that kind of makes a lot of sense to me. So anyway, it comes from Jason. Jason writes, Hey Dave, thanks for all you do. I love your YouTube channel and I'm considering starting one myself. Great. I wanted to know how you personally deal with the hate and the off color comments, not only on YouTube, but social media in general. I know I have a pretty good thick skin, but I see how people leave comments on different YouTube channels that I follow. And I always think to myself, do I really want to subject myself to that sort of stuff? And he puts LOL, laugh out loud. I'm still considering doing it anyway because I have something to say and I like helping people. Anyway, any advice you could give me is much appreciated. Thank you for what you do, Jason. Well, thanks so much, Jason, for writing in. Yeah, um... It's an interesting thing, social media, and I'll say this. Number one, yes, you need to have a thick skin. Number two, if you have any kind of, uh, if you're if you're a normal person on any level, even if you have the thickest skin, I will tell you that if you're in on social media enough and if you're creating YouTube videos enough and if you're out there putting yourself out there for people to judge, and believe me, there's no shortage of people that are going to judge, regardless of how thick your skin is, you're at times going to get tweaked a little bit or annoyed by or upset by or disappointed by some of the, you know, the things the comments and the, and the, and just the, the nasty that comes with social media. It happens to everybody. I think I have a relatively thick skin and there are days where I read something and it bothers me. And I, and I don't, I think you wouldn't be human if it didn't bother you. Um, you have to realize that when you're on social media, putting yourself out there with information, especially if you're in the education market, which sounds like you're talking about, much like me, where you're in a you're in a in a market that you're trying to convey information and teach people. everybody always now all of a sudden becomes an expert to tell you five thousand reasons why everything you said in your video isn't right. And just to be, tr- just a troll. There's lots of them. Now the good news is, for me in my experience, even though I get w- a lot more hate these days than I've ever used to get, because my as my channel gets bigger, it becomes more hateful. But it's a very small percentage of the overall arc of the of the responses and of the feedback and of the and of the connections that I get from people. Meaning that. I would say 95%, it might even be higher, but if I had to say 90 to 95% of the comments that are written to me or the emails that I get are always very appreciative, kind, uh, just thanking me for what I do, much like you did in your question, I've had people phone me up on the phone just to say thank you, didn't even want anything. I've had people go to my website and give me donations just to say thank you. That is the overwhelming response that I get for sure. Having said that, that 5% or 3% of the of the people that can be nasty and hurtful, at times they're nasty and hurtful. Um, interesting little side uh, note here, um, you know, we're talking, we're here on home recording made easy.com and home recording made easy podcasts and the home recording made easy YouTube channel. Now, again, that's been around about 11, almost 11 years. And uh, out of those 11 years, um, I read and respond to most and have to approve every single comment that goes to my channel. I set it up that way when I publish my videos, because I don't want to just let everything fly and get published because when people come to my channel, I don't want them to have to read through the rhetoric. There's enough of that toxic Environment uh, on social media, political and otherwise. And I want to keep my channel clean of that sort of stuff. So in order to do that, I have to read them all (laughs) and delete the ones and all that stuff. Um, at home recording made easy over the last 11 years. Like I said, again, it's a very small percentage of people. And I've had to block a handful of people from the channel and probably out of the thousands and thousands and thousands of comments, maybe a few hundred over the years have had to be deleted for the rude and the nastiness that some people can be. When I started my second YouTube channel, Mixing Music Analog, if you don't know about that, you can go check that out. That's all about hybrid mixing and analog gear and stuff. And that channel, as of the recording of this podcast, is about a year old. Um, It only has about 4,000 subscribers as I sit here. We're Home Recording Made Easy has 60,000. And I can tell you, when I started that channel, the amount of hate was way more than 5%. It was probably more like 25% for the longest time, started something new, had an opinion, was talking about a, um, a sensitive and a popular topic and a hot bucket topic, you know, analog versus digital. And the amount of nastiness that came out of the woodwork was unbelievable to me. I had to delete and or uh, block 10 times as many people from the channel than I did when I started my own recording made easy channel, which has been around a lot longer. So what does all that mean? All that means is that if you're, if you're, on social media at all these days, you know how toxic of an environment it's going to be. And if you're going to put yourself out there, you're going to get some of that stuff on you. You're just going to. And there's going to be days where you're going to say, why do I even bother doing this? And there's going to be days to say, I don't make any money from YouTube or very little. Do I need this kind of hassle? And then some days you're going to say, I'm not doing any more videos. The heck with all he is. And I'm, this is it. Uh, you won't see me here again. And I've said that to myself Many a times. And then what you're going to find out is if you really do have something to say, Jason, and you're really passionate about what you do, you'll realize that most people are going to be kind. And if you put something out that's of value, most people are going to be okay with it. Most people are going to be kind and they're going to thank you. And therefore, that's what's going to keep you motivated to keep going. So, um, I would not want to discourage you from doing it, but realize what you're getting into and you just got to, you know, is you got to try to let it roll off your back. And I know that's easy to say. It's not always easy for me, um, but it's something that you have to do if you want to be a part of this game, because there are no shortages <laughs> of trolls out there. No shortages whatsoever. And you're going to get some of it. Trust me when I tell you. And some of it can get pretty vulgar and pretty vile. I'm shocked at what some people would be willing to write on a Facebook post and or on a YouTube channel. Shocks me. Um, And all I try to do is I try to be lighthearted about it. Sometimes me and my wife will read those comments privately and we kind of joke and try to make fun of it just to, you know. Uh, it's, uh, and we'll, we'll joke about it. And when, when my wife sees some of those comments, the first thing she'll say is, Oh my goodness. I hope that person that wrote that ridiculous comment doesn't have children. (laughs) Meaning I hope they're not raising kids and they're teaching their kids how to behave that way. They're going to raise the next set of punks and delinquents on social media. And I always thought that was funny. And that's what I always say. "Geez, do you have kids? I hope you don't have kids, (laughs) you know, but anyway, if you got something to say and you're passionate about sharing that information with people, good for you, good for you. And I'd say, get out there and try. And you know what? You can try it for a while. And if it, if it gets too much for you, you can always stop. Um, but I wouldn't keep that from dealing with it. I would just say the first time you get some hate on social media, just realize it's not you and don't try not to take it personal and realize that people like uncle Dave, And all of us content creators that may be a way ahead of where you're starting out, we all are going through the same thing. And the larger you are on social media, the larger your YouTube channel is, the more of that kind of stuff you're going to get. Um, And so just realize that you're not alone and just realize that it's not you personally and just realize that. You're there. Why, why are you there? You said in your question, you have something to say and you want to help people. Well, then I think you should do it. And I give anyone credit that is willing to put themselves out there on camera like this and give people information. You know, even if people don't agree with what you're saying, I I know a lot of people that watch my videos and people even listening or watching this podcast right now. There's certain of yous that don't like me. There's certain of yous that every single video I put out, thumbs down before the second it gets published, thumbs down. I know some of you are already watching. I know who you are. I know who your thumbs down are. And I just chalk it up to you have nothing else better to do. Or I just try to chalk it up to in my mind, Jason. So I try to not let it bother me that those people are jealous. They're envious. They wish they can do what I'm doing here and they can't, or they wish they can do what you're about to embark on and they don't have the guts to do it. And so they're angry. And they're angry and they're going to try to take it out on uh, not just me, cause I'm sure they do this to tons of YouTube channels. Again, I don't take it personally. I think it's the same people that do this on all kinds of YouTube channels uh, and they're going to do it to you too, unfortunately. Um, But again, as I said, it is a small percentage of people and the vast majority of people are very appreciative. They're very friendly. I've met so many great people, so many students of mine, some of which have become personal friends. And I never would have met those people, never developed those connections and never developed those friendships if I wasn't on social media and I didn't have a YouTube channel. So there's way more positive than there is negative. There's way more positive than there is negative. Okay. So I hope that answers your question and good luck, man. And you know, if you start a channel, send us all your link and I'll make sure I subscribe to your channel. And if you need any pointers along the way, I'll try to help you any way I can. Cause that's what uncle Dave's here to do is to help all of you. So that is it for this episode of the podcast. Again, we're going to do the Q and a every third episode. So send your questions in the home recording made com right through the website. Let me know what your question is. I'd be glad to feature you on one of our podcast episodes. So thanks so much for listening. Now, as I said at the beginning, I think I said, I don't remember. I want to help you. I want to give you something. So if you have not done so already, make sure you go to home recordingmadeeasy.com and get yourself your free mixing course. It's right on the website. It's a $100 mixing course for you just for visiting home homerecordingmadeeasy.com. Thanks so much for checking out the website. And if you want to check out one of my paid training courses, I want to give you a discount coupon code. The coupon code is podcast30. That's podcast30 right at checkout. Takes 30% off any training course on the website. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I really do appreciate it. And I will be talking and seeing and listening and speaking with you all again very, very soon. Take care, everybody.